the Ascension. The Ascension is one of the holiest days of the year, although I think that most Catholics are not aware of that, in part because it doesn't have its own day. It's, it's on a Sunday, just like the other 51 Sundays of the year. The Ascension happened on 40 days after the resurrection of Jesus, which always puts it on a Thursday. And forever, Ascension was celebrated on the Thursday that was 40 days after Easter. About 30, 40 years ago, whenever that was, most of the U.S. bishops decided to move the observance of Ascension from Holy to Ascension Thursday to this Sunday, the Sunday after Ascension Thursday. And did that, I suppose, because they didn't want to trouble people with coming to Mass on another Holy Day of Obligation. When we're looking at Holy Days of Obligation, Mary, Mother of God, the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary, All Saints Day, uh, and then Annunciation could be one too, but the U.S. bishops again have abrogated that. Ascension ranks right up there, frankly, with Easter. It's really important, and here's why. Easter is super important because we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And that's important for two very big reasons. The most important reason, and this is one that escapes people, is the glory of God. The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead is the ultimate manifestation of the glory of God. Not that the raising of Jesus from the dead is the greatest thing that God ever did, but that God would be tortured to death for our sins was the greatest thing God ever did. So think of whatever heaven beholds for us, the beatific vision of heaven and the angels and whatever it is that we'll encounter there one day. Think of the universe. Think of the billions of galaxies within the universe, the trillions of stars, the mathematical precision of it all. Think of the earth and all that's on the earth and the photosynthesis and every little blade of grass and leaf on a tree and a little tiny needle on a pine tree. Everywhere in the world, God knows it, created it all, etc. Created the human race and everything that goes on the earth. The greatest thing God ever did, though, was to become a human being and suffer and die for our sins to save us. So putting this in perspective, and I don't want to go too far back into Easter or the resurrection per se, if you get a speeding ticket, I'm not going to pay for it. I'm sorry, it's your speeding ticket, and I don't have enough money to pay for everyone's speeding ticket. It's probably a good thing that we all pay our speeding tickets to learn a lesson, right? So the justice can be served and we can learn a lesson. So... But imagine if you had to pay other people's speeding tickets, or that you had to pay the whole world's speeding tickets. A, you couldn't do it, but even if you could, you just wouldn't, because it's just important for people to to learn their lessons, right? But Jesus purchased our speeding tickets. He purchased all of our sins, which are far worse than a speeding ticket, for the whole human race for all time. And the only way to do that is if God himself would pay the price. And the only way to do that is in a sacrifice. And so God, who created the human race, becomes one of us and lets us murder him so that he can pay the price of our speeding tickets, of all of our sins of all time. That is the most glorious thing that God has ever done. That is more glorious than the creation of all things that God has created. That act, that is the ultimate demonstration of the greatness of God. 
So much so that even the fallen angels were baffled and could not understand what was going on until it was too late because they couldn't conceive that God would allow his creation to harm him. He didn't allow the angels to harm him in heaven. So the first great thing about the resurrection of Jesus is in connection to his death, his torture to death on Calvary, is the glory of God. That's the first thing. It's the ultimate demonstration, the Paschal mystery, the passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus is the ultimate manifestation of the glory of God. The second important thing about the resurrection of Jesus from the dead is that it... It makes our resurrection possible. If Jesus rose from the dead, well then maybe we can rise from the dead. And so that gives us something, right? But that isn't the thing. The thing is that it gives us faith in Jesus. If he rose from the dead and he said he would, then I can believe in him. And so this is the second most important thing of the resurrection of Jesus is faith in him. It gives his followers faith in him that if he didn't rise from the dead, then they would all just eventually scatter and disappear. Think of all of the cult leaders of the world. Jim Jones, David Koresh, all the rest. They poison people. They die in house fires, whatever. Their movement dies with them. Jesus' movement would have died with him, except that he rose from the dead. And then, boom, these people have faith in him, the risen one. And all that for three years that he spoke of and promised and taught, and all the miracles that he performed, including raising people from the dead, that they realize he's the Savior, the Messiah, that he's God, and they place their faith. And without that resurrection, there isn't that faith. And so the resurrection, the virtue of the resurrection is faith. Faith that he is who he said he is, and that is he said he was God. For that reason, the high priest tore their garments and condemned them to death. Well, what about this ascension? Why is this important for us? Jesus ascends into heaven. Because if we knew that we would rise from the dead only to walk the earth for the rest of eternity, then we would want it. Forget it. I don't want to suffer for the rest of eternity. Walking the earth is just a form of suffering. You can only do Cabo San Lucas in Mexico for so long and so many martinis before you just find like, I've had it. I'm so bored of this life. I want out. None of us could endure eternity walking on earth as we live now. We just couldn't. It'd be miserable. It'd just make us ghosts, right? So the resurrection isn't enough. It's got to take us somewhere beyond here. And this is what the ascension does. When the skies open and Jesus ascends into heaven with legions of angels coming down to greet him to accompany him to the kingdom of heaven, and his disciples, not only the apostles, but all of the Christians of Jerusalem are gathered there on the Mount of Olives to witness this right in front of their eyes. But then they realize... There's a place called heaven. I literally just saw it. I saw Jesus ascend into it. And he's promised me that he's prepared a place for me in that kingdom. And so what this means then, and they can't understand this until the ascension, is that A, heaven exists, and B, those united to Jesus can go there. I say heaven exists because the Jews don't believe that heaven exists. It's nowhere in the Old Testament. 
The Pharisees and Sadducees argue between themselves about whether or not after death people go into Sheol, the abode of the dead, Pharisees, or they just stop existing altogether, Sadducees. But there's no third option, heaven. It doesn't exist for them. They're not aware of it. And so Jesus on the cross, dying, and the good thief says, remember me when you come into a kingdom. He uses the the Persian word, today you'll be with me in paradise, because there isn't a Hebrew word for heaven. He has given them knowledge of a place that they didn't know existed. It's the beatific vision. As Jesus will say, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor can you conceive of the glory that awaits you in this new place that I'm going to open and make possible for you. And now at ascension, they see it and they understand that's what he's talking about. I'm going to actually go to heaven and be glorified with God where God lives, that place. And that place is a place of unspeakable joy and happiness for all eternity. It exists, Ascension Thursday reveals. And because Jesus went there and he told me, I am too, that I can go there too. So if the resurrection of Jesus is the virtue of faith, faith in Jesus because he rose from the dead as he promised and so he is the Messiah, he is divine, he's God, then the ascension is hope that I will escape this world one day and I will live forever beyond anyone's wildest imagination in happiness for eternity without any boredom ever with no other problems. And what does that hope mean for us? Christianity is so powerful that it simply changed the world. In our country today, I think a majority of people would call themselves Christians, although a majority of them wouldn't really understand what that means. Go into a public grade school and ask the children who's Jesus. Maybe one in ten has any concept, literally. And if you're a public school teacher, you know what I'm talking about. Nobody's teaching the children about Jesus. Most of the children in America are not being baptized. And then you go beyond America to other countries, etc. But there's this concept that after death, all my suffering will end. I'll either go to this magical place called heaven, or I'll just stop existing, or I'll be one with the universe. But in all three scenarios, there's no more suffering. Where do we get that idea that there's no more suffering? From Christianity, from Jesus. The Jews believe that you go to Sheol or hell. The Muslims believe, unless you're a Muslim, you go to hell. And then the Buddhists believe that you just stay in this unbroken, horrific cycle of reincarnation and you can't escape unless you achieve nirvana, the one in a million who can escape it. Other than that, you become a cow, then a monkey, a person, being a dog, a bird, whatever. You can't escape it. Where do we get the idea that after death, there's happiness? In Jesus, because he revealed it on Ascension Thursday. And the apostles are aware of it. And because we know that people have gone to heaven, they have revealed themselves by the grace of God to us in the form of the saints. And it's given the world hope that it did not possess. So now we can build cities 
because we possess a hope in something beyond the city, beyond this world. And they could never pull it off in the old days, or if they could, they would crumble like the Tower of Babel. And all the empires before Christianity would come and go from the earth, but now, because of Jesus, and faith in him, and trying to live in communion with him, but that virtue of hope, we can now live beyond ourselves. You and I can do for others what we would never have done for others if we never believed that there was life after this life. Or, more importantly, we never believed that there was heaven for you and me after this world. Then why would I be here? Why would I be here in front of you? Why would I have gotten up this morning to come here? Why would I have bothered to do anything more than the absolute minimum for anyone else? Which brings us to this. The majority of Americans, and Europeans for that matter, and I'll just frankly say the Latin Americans too, practically speaking, are not living as Christians. Which means that they are losing hope. And if you're losing hope in the kingdom to come, then you better try to make this world your kingdom. And so I don't, I'm depressed. Why am I depressed? I don't know. I'm looking for an excuse. I'll have to change my environment or change me so that I won't be depressed anymore. And so I'll literally change my gender and sanity. I'll kill my baby because that baby is going to prevent me from having the happiness that I would have had in this life if the baby was never born. We go into crazy, maddening, evil places when we lose hope in heaven. Hope. Hope is what makes the world turn. And frankly, it was only ever given to Christians. Finally, this. It was given to Christians. And that's the good news, is that Jesus opened the kingdom of heaven for you and me. For those who would be his disciples. For those who would follow him and love him and serve him. And that's the great thing. It's like, that's it? I can go to this unimaginably happy place for all eternity? If I just, in this very brief, short life, yoke myself to Jesus Christ, I can? Yes, that's the good news. What's the bad news? I can't unless I do that. That's what Jesus reveals over and over and over again. We have to be his disciples. And if we're not, then that place isn't ready for us. So this is the thing. We just take things for granted because we were just raised in kind of a pseudo-Christian culture that is going away. So don't take those things for granted anymore. One of those pseudo-Christian culture things is that all dogs go to heaven. That's not what Jesus says. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. Period. I tell you solemnly. He uses that expression. I tell you solemnly. Meaning, don't mess around with what I'm saying. No one comes to the Father but through me. So come to me. Come to Jesus. So we hear that and we go, yes, okay, I'm going to work on this. I'm going to work on this. I'm going to try to be a better Christian, closer to Jesus, better communion with him. But here's the other part of it. He says here before he ascends into heaven, go and baptize 
and proclaim this gospel to all the nations. He says, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Question, are any of us doing that? Do we even share our faith with family members? Remember, the only way to access this heaven is through Jesus. Are we sharing that with people? The people that we love the most and we hope that they will make it to heaven with us? Or are we just going, oh, I guess all dogs make it to heaven, even though Jesus doesn't say that? Disney said that 30 years ago. Not God. So here's the thing. You and I possess faith because of Jesus' resurrection. We possess hope because Jesus ascended into heaven. We possess our own promise of immortal life in the kingdom of heaven if we will unite ourselves to Jesus. But do we share that with anyone? There are kids out there who are seriously messed up. And somebody needs to share the truth of Jesus with them. That your happiness isn't about this world. It's about the next. In this world, it's about loving the one who made you and saved you. And here's who he is. So the good news of the apostles and the disciples seeing Jesus ascend into heaven, they're like, got it, got it, got it, got it. I'm going to start sharing them now. I'm going to go into the streets, and this is what they're going to do. They're going to go in the streets. They're going to start sharing the gospel. They'll be persecuted, jailed, the whole bit. They got good news to share, and a lot of people buy it. And eventually, they'll convert Europe. They'll convert North Africa and the Middle East until the Muslims come and conquer them. This is truth, and there's nothing better than it. So live it, be grateful for it, and share it.